Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Please be seated. What does the word blessing mean? We hear it all the time. Does blessing mean good news? Does blessing mean pleasing God? Or is blessing just a way to throw shade on others as in bless her heart? Blessing is one of those words that can mean different things in different contexts and in the process it can end up meaning nothing at all. In spiritual terms, I believe that blessing is being seen by God in love and being sent out in love to others. Being seen by God in love and going out in love to others. Over and over in the Bible, God sees someone, blesses them, loves them into being, and then sends them out in mission. That's the key. They're always connected. We can be blessed and we can be a blessing. The blessing of God has the power to change lives, change communities, change the world. But if we're honest, God's blessing can seem strange sometimes. It can be filled with mystery and complexity. It can even involve confusion and pain. Sometimes God's blessing doesn't feel like a blessing. Consider these complicated blessings in the Bible. God sees Abraham in love, promises him descendants as numerous as the stars, and then asks him to leave his homeland and go on a journey that is uncertain. God sees Sarah in love, promises her a child, but the birth of that child causes unbearable conflict with Hagar and Ishmael. God sees David in love, calls him to be king of Israel, and then watches as David commits heinous sins against his neighbor. And in today's lesson from Luke, God sees Mary and Elizabeth in love, blesses them with Jesus and John, but knows these children will go on to experience suffering and death at the hands of corrupt leaders. The Bible is filled with blessing, but God's blessing is strange sometimes because it not only reveals God's love, it also meets the complexity of life and the reality of sin. God blesses us in love, but that blessing can break our hearts. Let's look more closely at the lesson for today and consider God's blessing of Elizabeth and Mary. We know the story well. At the beginning of the lesson, Mary rushes to see Elizabeth, her relative, after having encountered the angel Gabriel. Mary is filled with wonder, fear, joy. She wants to share what has happened with a trusted friend. Elizabeth is pregnant as well and several months ahead of Mary in the childbearing process. And when Mary enters Elizabeth's home and offers a greeting, John leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And then Elizabeth speaks words of prophecy. That's what these are. Elizabeth is a prophet in this moment. She says to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Elizabeth saw Mary. Elizabeth saw Jesus. She understood what was happening. And in words beyond her own, she proclaimed the prophecy. They're filled with words of blessing for Mary, and they confirm for Mary what Gabriel has already said. And then Mary cries out, 
giving us that beautiful hymn we call the Magnificat. My soul proclaims, magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. That's often where we stop in this hymn, right? Humble Mary, we cut it there, listen to the rest of it. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Do you see how these promises connect across the ages? I suggest to you that Mary's song is as fierce as it is faith-filled. She points to a God of strength and judgment. She acknowledges the hungry and the oppressed. She understands that carrying Jesus involves darkness as well as light. Did Mary actually utter this perfectly crafted hymn on Elizabeth's doorstep? Probably not. But the early Christian tradition attributed this song to Mary because it was true to who she was. She trusted God and gave God praise. She was living proof that anything is possible with God. She served as a warning to those who trust in worldly wealth and power, and she made it clear that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. And since the early church was filled with people of low estate, Mary was their champion, the first and best disciple, a symbol of God's enduring blessing for all. Over the next few weeks, we'll hear the rest of the Christmas story. We'll hear about Jesus in the manger and angels appearing to shepherds. We'll hear about the Magi bringing gifts and Jesus teaching in the temple. The Christmas story shines brightly with the glory of God, but it casts shadows if we're paying attention. The church doesn't sugarcoat the Christmas story. Next Sunday, we hear about the eternal word shining in the darkness, but just two days later, we hear the story of the holy innocents, how all the babies in Bethlehem were killed by Herod because he was afraid that Mary's child would threaten his throne. I acknowledge the strangeness of God's blessing today so that you're not surprised when it happens to you. There will be times when you experience the love of God so acutely, when you are seen by God so clearly that it will take your breath away and everything will be changed. This encounter will strengthen you to go out in service to others. I'd like to share a poem that explores the kind of love that Mary may have experienced with Gabriel. It's called Annunciation by Marie Howe. Even if I don't see it again, nor ever feel it, I know it is, and that if once it hailed me, it ever does, and so it is myself I want to turn in that direction, not as toward a place, but it was a tilting within myself as one turns a mirror to flash the light to where it isn't. I was blinded like that and swam to what shone at me, only able to endure it by being no one and so specifically myself that I thought I'd die from being loved like that. That's what we mean by God's blessing, being seen by God in love and having it change everything. 
But being blessed by God doesn't mean we won't know sorrow and pain. In fact, the more we're touched with God's love, the more we will see the world through God's eyes and we will see the suffering of others. Those of you living out God's blessing in Dallas know this well. It's a delight to give presents to children at Jubilee Park. But the more we spend time in that neighborhood, the more we realize the challenges these children face, particularly during a pandemic. That digital connectedness that we take for granted is not a reality for every part of this city. Christian's ordination yesterday was a blessing for everyone who attended. We were reminded of God's call to us in baptism. But Lisa Kimball, the preacher, also reminded us that priests, ordained people, can fall into a trap of seeming rather than being. Sober words on a day of celebration. And Christmas is a time to be with family, but many of our families are wounded and complicated, and some of our family members have left or died, making this a bittersweet time of the year. The Christmas season is filled with light, but on this side of the grave, there are shadows, complexities, sin, that don't extinguish the light, but make it that much more poignant. Here's another poem about Gabriel's visit to Mary that acknowledges the darkness inherent in God's blessing. It's called The Overshadow by Lucy Shaw. The power of the Most High will overshadow you Gospel of Luke. When we think of God and angels and the angel, we suppose ineffable light. So there's surprise in the air when we see him bring to Mary in her lit room a gift of darkness. What is happening under that huge wing of shade? In that mystery, what inbreaking wildness fills her? She is astonished and afraid. Even in that secret twilight, she bends her head, hiding her face behind the curtain of her hair. She knows that the rest of her life will mirror this blaze, this sudden midnight. St. Michael Church is a place where you can bring your whole self. You can rejoice in God's love, and you can grieve love lost. You can bask in the light and acknowledge life's shadows. You can serve in strength, and you can confess your sins. God's blessing is for all of us, and it is as abundant as the air we breathe. God sees us in love, sends us out in love to others, not because we've passed the audition, but because God uses everything to make the world whole. Amen.